Celeb Savant is a career retrospective type interview focusing on singers, actors and industry experts. Join Barrett Edelstein now as he dives into the entertainment world. American, Canadian and London-based singer, songwriter, TV presenter and author Stacey Jackson joins us for the second time on the Celebs One podcast. Stacey's first hit record and music career kickstarted at 40 after she took 15 years off to raise her four kids. Her success later in life while juggling a large family earned her being dubbed the grown-up Hannah Montana by the press. As Stacey joins us for the second time on the Celebs One podcast, she tells us about her book, How a Gangster Rapper Made Me a Better Mom, which is being released in 2024, and details of her new album and tour, which are also happening in 2024. Up next on Slepswant, we've got Stacey Jackson. Where in the world are you and how are you doing? Well, I'm in, I want to say beautiful London because there is not a cloud in the sky today. It's cold, but it is, it's spectacular. And I really love this weather. I don't like when it's like 10 or 15 degrees out and raining and gray. Mm. And blah. I prefer <laughs> that it's cold, but like, clear skies and you could still go for a run in the park and I just mm. I love it I'm yeah so I'm in London <laughs> and you're doing good yeah yeah it's it's been it was a great uh Christmas with all my family I was telling you all my kids live all around the world so mm. I got to be with all of them and their girlfriends so it's like you know starting a new phase of uh of my life too when you have to all my stuff my family's getting bigger which is nice yeah and yeah, so no, it was good. Um, and I have a very big 2024 ahead of me, as you know. Yes. So it's all go, go, go. I'm trying to get through all of all of the planning stages of everything. But uh, yeah, it's a big so, year. It's exciting. So before before we dive into what's coming up, Stacy was on the Slaps Up podcast. If you are not aware, go find that previous episode. So she was aired, or that episode came out in the last part of 2022. So Stacey, since we last spoke, what happened in the last year or so before we dive into what's coming? I think we spoke about, I think you reached out to me because I had a television series, uh, Stacey Jackson in the 80s. So I did Mm. three seasons of that on Sky here and um, 54 episodes, which was intense and it ran uh, on Sky. And then uh, it didn't get picked up again because the network... Yeah, the network ended up uh, skewing slightly even older. Uh, it's now called Music and Memories, and it's now, I don't think it's on Sky anymore. So um, I it ran its course, and it was, it was very lucky for me because it was just such a great opportunity because it also happened around COVID, so I wasn't touring. And so it really filled a fantastic gap and also sort of established me in the sort of 80s, uh, as an 80s guru, I guess. Yeah. Um, and... During that time, I started writing again, um, and I was very much influenced by obviously growing up in the 80s and then, of course, having done that show. Um, so I just I recorded a new album uh, during that time. Most of it, all the songs or most of the songs with an 80s influence to it. Um, in fact, I did even a couple of covers. Um, the album actually comes out this year, um, all 80s covers so all even my original material has that sort of uh yeah. that sort of sound of the era um and we've been releasing single act after single and i also completed my book um which of course takes a while to actually get published because there's various 
ways to go about it. And obviously, um, I we talked about doing a self-publishing scenario, but it got picked up by a publisher. So it's now in the hands of, and the fate is now in the hands of a publisher and it's coming out. Um, the paperback comes out the end of February, uh, beginning of March, and the ebook is ready to order now, actually. So it's all been insanely busy for me. Uh, but this year, I think it's going to be the sort of pinnacle because uh, I'm going to be on tour for the first time in a long time, and I'm touring a lot. Uh, big shows from festivals to arenas to smaller, uh, intimate shows. It's going to be a nutty year, but I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. So. Okay, so let's yeah. unpack. I'm very excited about all of this. So first of all, okay, <laughs> how much time did it take to do that show? And when it, it didn't get picked up, was there a feeling of sort of, loss or it was just like okay surrendering and thinking okay it's run its course it's done what it needed to do let's move into the next phase oh i loved it so much that's such a great question no one's asked me that before um it was definitely a sense of loss and i was really trying to hold on to it for as long as i could um i i'm i probably am still down for it to be picked up on another network um if that was the case i don't think i think 80s is on trend right now i don't think Mm. it's the kind of show that would go out of style there's so much uh so much influence from the 80s and there's loads of things out there that are you know inspired by it so i just feel that it definitely could still work so if something came up along those lines i definitely would not say no i guess it depends on all the stuff i have going on um i I still do a radio show called liverpool live here in the uk where i co-host um like a half an hour segment on 80s music so i still get my fix um and you know and i do miss it i really do but you know it did get like i said it filled a gap during that time where i wasn't touring and um and it kicked me up the butt a bit to like get back into the studio and start writing music that that i think is so, uh, of like the eighties influence mm. as a result of that. So, I mean, that it's part of my journey, I guess. Right. And I will never look back. I'm very, very grateful for having that opportunity. And yeah, if something comes up, I, I probably won't say no, yeah. but you know, I've got a lot on my plate at the moment. So who knows? So yeah, I saw, because as you said, it allowed you to become an in inverted commas an eighties guru. I saw you were doing a press or, Something at a couple of festivals in the UK where you were interviewing the various artists and there were some of your favorite artists. So obviously yeah. that led from the show. So it allowed open doors to other opportunities. Yeah, that's true. And uh, I-, I totally agree with you. And, you know, it's just, you know, I lived through the era. I, you know, I'm Gen X. Um, so I, I'm authentically, you know, I, I actually don't even ask me about lyrics from, you know, yesterday like even my own songs i can't remember the words to but ask me about a song from 1982 for some reason i know every word and of course all the research that i spent having done mm. the, sh- the show um i really just solidified me in that place and so i was very like i was honored to be asked to be backstage and interview them i really enjoyed that too i'm not gonna lie it was quite fun um but i did i did get a little bit of fomo watching them come off the stage and being like Darren, I, I could be up on that. Like, I, I, so I did. I, it gave me like, a, hmm, where do I prefer to be, backstage or on stage? So, um, it, again, another sort of you know part of my journey and realizing you know what I love the most and you know performing is definitely up there for me. So, uh, who knows what's going to happen after this year? I might, I might end up hanging up my high heels, but you never know. Mm. I, I'm, I'm really gung ho about this. 
Okay, so now let's unpack a little bit. And I, I've been messaging you on Instagram whenever I've heard the new songs. Loving them. They're so super cool. So 80s, absolutely awesome. <laughs> you mentioned that there's uh, originals and they're covers. Any sneak peeks of what covers there are? Or if not, what was the thing in your mind that said, okay, I want to cover this song, this song, and that song? What was that process for you? Teenage. Like, you remember how I said I just loved songs growing up in the 80s? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there were songs for me that, like, you know, when you hear something on a radio that's played now from back then, you're like, oh, my God, this was such a great song. So it's, uh, you know, and I lived through it. I could tell you where I was when the song originally yeah. came out or wh who, who was my boyfriend at the time or what I was wearing to what party. I mean, the memories I have of all it is so vivid and so, so in the forefront of my brain. And the sounds of the 80s, I mean, you know, the sort of synth pop or the heavy guitar or like all of that was so inspiring to me. And I guess I don't really just choose a song. It's sort of like it comes to me, okay. you know, like I'm, like I said, I might have heard it in a lift somewhere or on the radio, <laughs> you know, and then like, oh, my God, I know what I could do with this song or I could update this. And yeah. I can also sometimes hear how I would want it to sound. Um, you know, and I remember I'm also really inspired by the fitness world and the mm. club world. So when I hear something, I can, I want to be able to dance to it or I want to be able to work out to it. Yeah. So can I take a song and make it my own and make it in a, so that people want to, to dance, you know? So that, that's definitely one of the re reasons I choose a particular song. If I can't turn it into anything like creatively, um, and don't get me wrong, I don't, there, are, there are people from, let's say, Def Leppard groupies and fans who'd be like, oh, my God, what has she done to you know the song? Because, you know, you have some hardcore rock and rollers yeah. out there. Um, the same with my latest uh, cover, Separate Ways, which is a Journey record. And so I'm very lucky that the people that follow me follow me for what I do and the music that I produce and they yeah. like to dance. And, you know, so I, luckily I'm touching wood. I, I don't have that much you know, there aren't any people saying, oh, my God, what have you done with that song? <laughs> people who listen to it understand the art behind yes. turning a song into something of your own. And in terms of the originals, like I said, I'm inspired by the 80s. So I'll just sit at the piano with my producer or, you know, it just some some of these melodies just come to me and I really enjoy writing. So it's both sides for me that that work equally. First of all, when does the album come out? Is there a specific date? And how many of the songs are covers and how many songs are the originals? Uh, two covers, two have already been released. And so we're doing something really quite new in the sort of digital uh, uh, record label world. Whereas when like people don't buy records these days the way they did back in our day, you don't just rock up to an HMV. I mean, now HMV is actually popular. They're selling, you know, vinyl and it's very trendy. And, yes. you know, but, but back in the day where you were like holding an actual record in your hand, um, so they're doing what's called a waterfall release. So basically they'll release, um, every sort of four to eight weeks, depending on how it's doing a single, a single, a single with you having a lead single and then a bookend single. So mm -hmm. the lead single off of this record was, was soldier. Yes. Um, but we will be putting flip side on this album only because it didn't have a place to live it was it was the theme song for Stacey Jackson in the 80s which is what was written for so that it didn't have an album to go on um so it'll be on that album um 
And there'll be two covers, Separate Ways, which I just released like a minute ago. I think it just came out a couple of weeks ago. And uh, and uh, Urgent, which you know yes. from last year. Yes, yes. So the releases have been very slow every sort of six or so weeks. Um, there's still a few more singles to go. And the bookend single is called Superwoman. And that'll probably come out in May. In time for American Mother's Day, and I don't know when you guys celebrate Mother's Day there, but it might be May. Yeah. And the album is also called Superwoman, and so it's coming out around that time. So that will be for that's the album. And is it just digital, or will there be physical uh, uh, options as well? That's an excellent question as well. Um, we've thought about vinyl just as a sort of as a novelty. It'd be fun to see how many people would be would be inclined to purchase it. Who the heck has record players these days? I mean. My demographic might, unless they were like me and sort of chucked it out after moving 10 times, you know. Um, so I, it'd be just something to research to see if people would be interested in that. Um, in which case, you could always press a bunch of vinyl, sell it as merch yes. when you're doing I, a tour. Yeah. And it's definitely something we've talked about. And we'll see whether or not it's something that we should go ahead and do. But, you know, I also have a book out. So there's, you know, there's a lot, a lot of merch happening in my life. Do I so, need any more? So before we dive into the book, so yes. some stats for you. Last year in the UK alone, 5.9 million vinyls were sold, the biggest since 1990. CDs wow. are in the increase again and are cassettes. And in fact, it's not the older people that's buying them. It's the teenagers. Younger. And the younger people that are buying and loving the the physical aesthetic of the holding something. And I find that it's very exciting because, I, as you know, I love me a CD. But I also find it fantastic that we're getting back to the experience. The authentic of, sounds. Yes, and the experience of buying it. I mean, I recently bought a CD player again. And everyone was like, oh, you won't be able to buy, find CD players anywhere. And I went on to the order platform in South Africa called Take A Lot. And I literally thought, okay, there'd be one or two options. And there were hundreds of options. I had to narrow it down and narrow it down again. And the experience of listening to it, the CD, compared to the digital, it's like I'm in a stadium at a concert. It's amazing. It's funny, yeah. I mean, well, CD is also a compressed digital format. So it's, I mean, still, like, if I was going to go out, and yes, it definitely would have a different experience than getting it on an MP3, obviously, because that's even more compressed. But I think in terms of, um, if I was to actually want to go into a store to buy something and make the effort of actually buying a machine to play it, <laughs> I would probably go the route of vinyl because that to me is, you know, a whole other different kettle of fish in terms of sounds and sound quality, because there you're also experiencing what it's like to actually be on a record and the crackling sounds and the scratchy sound and the, you know, the, the OG sound that's very, you know, but people are still trying to replicate digitally in the studio, which, you know, obviously this, you know, the technology is amazing these days, but th that to me would be a reason mm. to go and buy to go into a store, if yes, I, you yeah. know, so I, uh, but I totally hear you. I think uh, it's, it's a cool trend. I hope that it keeps going. Uh, whoever started it was brilliant. And the stats are amazing to know because that definitely helps me make decisions. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, you know, and I get a lot of fans ask, asking me, uh, are you, are you putting out CDs? Um, so yeah, I, I, it's definitely something for me to think about. Think about. No question. Okay. Awesome. I still have all my old CDs from, you know, 
seven or eight years ago. I mean, when I did the record with Snoop Dogg, I mean, we, we totally pressed a bunch of CDs. Um, it's only in the last couple of years that we haven't really felt the need to do it. But mm. I think you're right. Maybe worth maybe worth it this time. Maybe for the merch at the concerts. So yes. you reference Snoop Dogg. So perfect segue to your book. It's semi-autobiographical, correct? Well, the it's book. a fictionalized book, um, yes. but loosely based on my life. Yes. So yes, Sammy. Let's give the listeners an overview of what a taste of what the book is about. Oh, that's me now. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the taste of the book. Okay. So it's basically, it's basically about a woman who's um, juggling, you know, she's a single mom, by the way, in this book. So um, I'm not giving any spoilers away because ha- you know this right away. Um, and, um, she's juggling three kids. She's juggling her own career. And while her husband was alive, she was built, building her own, her own dreams. Um, and then of course, subsequent to the passing of her husband, just part of my French, but shit hits the fan. And there's just so many things that happen with his own legacy that now falls into her lap. And of course her juggling her own family and one's in college and one's a kid and what, you know, and, and, then of course the opportunity to record with like the most famous rapper in the world comes up and how does she handle it all? And of course she also has a support network of great friends, but then again, she also has, you know, the PTA moms to have to deal with because she's not a usual, you know, mom that picks up at the school gates because she works. And so there's just a lot of, um, it's a lot of trial and tribulation, but it's funny. It's very comical. It's how she kind of handles and juggles it all and tries to do everything all at once is is funny um and i'm sure a lot of working moms and dads could relate to to that um you know trying to to, to kill two birds with one stone so to speak um and you know she's surrounded by a great entourage of people and they're all hilarious and she's got a lovely community of fans and so yeah it's funny and it's a quick read it's something you'll probably pick up over a weekend and read it um and it's part of a trilogy i mean the, the goal uh, it was commissioned to become a, it was optioned to become a television series, like a sitcom, uh, before I even wrote the book. So that'll probably be my, my next project is to try to get that off the ground. But otherwise, um, there is two other books in the works as part of a trilogy of the story. So you basically follow this woman. Her name is Stephanie Bloom around, uh, trying to make a, her dreams come true, but all the while, having a family Mm. in tow and when did you decide to write a book and with that decision was it like straight away cool i'm starting or was there any uh oh i can't do this what am i thinking am i mad what was the whole process there before you actually got into writing oh i was petrified because like i have adhd so to focus on one thing is like you know, it's like I have to hyper focus. So to write a whole book, I mean, look, I wrote 54 episodes of my television series, but you know, you're taping them, you know, four or five at a time mm. every month. So I had, you know, and I found that process like similar but different. You know, yeah. writing a book was such a learning curve for me because continuity, picking up the threads of all the characters, building the characters, the the fact that they were fictionalized was actually a bit easier for me because I was able to take myself out of myself and okay. build these characters and give them more drama or more humility or more com- comedy. And 
So it was a really interesting experience for me. Um, and of course, I couldn't do this on my own. I had a friend of mine, I have a friend called Ruth Elkins, who originally I thought when we were going to, I was going to have her ghost write it for me because she's an excellent writer. She was a former uh, journalist at the Times. Then she moved to the Daily Mail as an editor. Like she's proper professional. And then, because and she also knows my voice, you know. But then it ended up that we were more back and forth sharing it because it just felt more natural to do it that way. And you got more of my voice in the story as opposed to it being ghostwritten. I wanted my voice in there, Mm -hmm. even though I was narrating the story as, you know, as a fictional character. We needed to have that in there. And, uh, so it became a t- teamwork and it was great. And I was introduced through the year to various different people in the industry. Uh, one of them being Nancy Lamb, who is a veteran author herself. She's in her, I want to say she's in her late seventies now and she's written over 40 bestsellers in that genre. And so she edited the book for me before we, we even went out to look for publishers. Um, so the book was kind of already in a professional state. Mm. And we had major changes to make, you know, COVID changed the way people were reading books. Um, we needed to incorporate the fact that that was a massive pandemic in the world, you know, and you can't not forget that it changed also the, you know, the way people live. And also what had happened in the book was probably an offshoot of COVID a little bit. So you didn't want to dismiss that. So yeah. we had to add that in. So there, it was a process. If I tell you years and years of, of, of learning and, you know, as an adult, you, and then there's also as a mother, you know, like being able to learn a new craft and actually, you know, write a book was for me a huge endeavor. You know, I, I got, you know, I do touch wood again that the book does great out there in the ether and the commercial startups, but you know, for me as a human being, that accomplishment accomplishment is, I feel fulfilled having written it. Mm -hmm. And there's so much more to her that I didn't say in the book. And there's so much more to the relationships that she has that I still, I know with her character can build upon. Hence why there's a second book and a third book coming out. So, well, not coming out. I'm still writing it, but ultimately it will come out. It's amazing. I'm I'm, I'm so excited to read it and hear all about it or read it and experience it. And so um, potentially you said it would be commissioned, be commissioned for television. Yeah. So that's another, that'll be another chapter in my life uh, because that'll be a big, I'd like to be involved in that in some way, even overseeing it or, or, you know, I have have a little bit of experience in the TV world. Um, So I, I do want to, um, to be involved in it somehow, but I don't know, maybe that's a new chapter of my life. I mean, I love where my journey is taking me uh, through the music. And that's always been the mainstay for me. Um, the book, I'm going to be doing an audio book. I'm narrating the audio book. I'm in the studio in February to create the audio book. And I've already written the soundtrack for the book. So the technically the book is a musical. So what will happen is when you hit, listen to the audio book, which will be released also this summer, it will have a whole soundtrack of brand new music integrated into the into the book. Um, oh, wow. Each character basically has a song in their own style and genre of music, which is exciting. And what makes it slightly more exciting is that everyone who would have purchased the book 
already, so in February or even the ebook, will have a QR code to scan and they'll get the music for free, even, even if they've already purchased the book. So uh, that's happening this summer. The soundtrack has already been recorded by me and other other vocalists obviously playing the characters. So that'll that's also obviously why the TV show is hopefully going to happen um, because, you know, it's a musical and I'm, I just don't know. It's like a new, exciting thing for me. But one thing at a time. Book yes. Focus, focus on the book. <laughs> anyway, book first. I'm here. Now you can see it's like, you know, if you were just listening to this interview for five minutes, you'd be like, wow, she really does have ADHD. No, no, no. Let's not, let's not label things. I hate labeling things because there's <laughs> negative perceptions around them. So let's throw that out. Oh, no, no, no. ADHD is my superhuman power, baby. Oh, Obviously, there we go. I think it presses, yeah, it presses me to move forward. And oh, well, that's good because a lot of people do, use yeah. it as a crutch is that, oh, they've got ADHD means they can't do this, or they got ADHD means they can't do that. So as I think I'm the opposite. I think okay. I think it's because I have it that I do what I do and I feel like I've developed a lot of tools in my life in order mm. to overcome it that are that were unknown to me. Yes. Um yep. so and now I'm like, well, yeah, I got this, you know? <laughs> so I, I I look at it as a positive, which is which is, you know, uh which is kind of cool, I think. I don't know. Ask my husband. He knows. <laughs> he knows better what it's like to live with me. <laughs> I, I can relate because I think you and I are on the same level because I'm I'm exactly the same anyway. I think so too. That's why we hit it off. <laughs> yeah. This last question I asked you last time. So I love this question. I know it was different the previous time, and I know if I had to ask you this in two minutes, two years, two hours, I know your answer will be different every time. And I recognize that because there's millions of them and it's very difficult to choose. I'm not saying favorites, but if you had to push play to five songs by other artists, once we finish this conversation, what would those five songs be and by whom? They'll probably be the same. I said the last time, but I'd be curious. You should listen to what, what yeah. I said a couple of years ago, but yeah. Guns N' Roses, uh, Diana Ross, Prince. I pro This might not have been on the list before, but... Uh, like the weekend or Dua Lipa, like yeah. someone current mm -hmm. and Mark Ronson. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I remember I know he's not an artist, like an artist per yeah. se, he's a producer, producer but he yeah. is an artist. I mean, he plays every freaking instrument and he turns everything into gold. And he, I'm a huge fan of his, though. So. <laughs> so I think it's quite different to last time. I'll have to check though, but awesome. Uh -huh. So, as a final message to the listening audience, what would you like to say? My first hit record didn't happen until I turned 40. Mm. And I, so I think that the answer and the mantra I've been pressing uh, forward has always been, it's never too late to live your dream. And it's also never too late to repot yourself. I mean, life is too short to stay in the same lane the whole time, I feel, um, no matter how passionate. I mean, people should really try to follow their dreams and follow their passions if it's possible. Um, and, you know, I, I also think that, I'm a big proponent of staying healthy and being fit. And another message for, for me would be to always keep moving. Just keep on dancing, keep on dancing, you know, keep on moving because I think dancing brings happiness. Movement brings health. And I just think that the world would be a better place with happier people. If everyone just kept dancing with each other. Thank you for listening to this episode of Celeb Savant. Please follow Barrett on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook at Celeb Savant. That's C-E-L-E-B-S-A-V-A-N-T.